keep it going with some earnings looking ahead to tomorrow as we move past fang and big tech now we get to the other side of the barbell and that is in the cyclical group in particular energy companies chevron and exxon on deck Stuart glickman joins us energy equity analyst at cfr research Stuart, what are we going to see this quarter for these companies so this quarter, Oliver, should be really good for the big energy companies, as bad as the second quarter of last year was, when that was kind of the depths of the pandemic. This quarter, they should be making at least that much money, if not more, uh, to offset what they lost last year. Okay, so how do they do that? A couple ways. The easiest thing is that oil prices are considerably better this time around. So a year ago, oil prices were in the 30s. This time around, oil prices were north of, of double that. Um, on, on, you know, in addition, the amount of uh, refined product demand out there, uh, much higher this time around. People have gotten back in their cars. Uh, they have started driving again. And so refinery utilization should be better this time around. And then finally, uh, on the chemical side, um, chemicals margins are also better this time around. So anywhere you look, I expect these, these big names are gonna post year-over-year year improvements in profitability. Okay, so uh, how much of this uh, is going to be able to uh, bring a guidance? Are we gonna be able to expect these companies to see in the future? Is that still too risky with the virus variants lurking around the corner? Well, the Delta variant, which you're kind of alluding to, is yeah. really the big wild card. And, and yeah, I think that is a risk factor that investors have to keep in mind. But what are these companies doing in the meantime with all this excess free cash flow that they're generating? The number one thing they're doing is they're paying down debt, um, which is, you know, retransforming their balance sheets back into the pillars of strength they used to be um, and which they lost over the last 12 months. Um, you've started to see them dip their toes into the water of spending more on CapEx, but really not to the same degree. I think you're going to see more dividend hikes, and I think you're going to see more buybacks before you're going to see wholesale um, increases in, in CapEx. Okay. Now, uh, those CapEx expenditures, you're saying that we shouldn't expect them to ramp up in a big way just yet? That's right. I think that until they get their balance sheets in order, I don't expect... Uh, CapEx to be, you know, the biggest priority for, for extra cash flow. And in fact, when we've seen other players in the space um, in, in the last couple of quarters have kind of stepped out and said, we're going to spend we're going to spend more money on CapEx. They've been penalized by investors very quickly. So I really don't expect um, major changes to CapEx, um, at least for the, you know, the, the second half of 2021. Um, 2022, of course, is a different ballgame, and that's going to get determined probably in late late this year. When you talk about balance sheet repair, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, give me some details on how we define that for uh, a company like Exxon. I mean, is this just about paying down debt? Is this about finding a higher margin in, in the business model? Do they need to make cuts or anything like that? So what you have to do is you have to go back about 12 months and 12 months ago, they were generating um, free cash flow deficits. They were supporting their dividends by borrowing more money. So they were tacking on debt in order to keep income investors happy. What's happened is that there's been kind of it's a mirror image. This year, you're going to see um, a fairly strong free cash flow surplus. Those extra funds are going to get used to help pay down the debt. So when you look at metrics like, for example, net debt to capital, where you had both Exxon and Chevron 
in arguably you know the 10% to 15% range, um, I, I think they're going to try to move back in that direction um, from above 20% um, or, or 20% range where they had been just recently. So uh, will the companies be able to undo entirely the debt burden that they acquired during the COVID crisis? Uh, will they be able to get neutral back to where they were? Uh, and how does that factor into the price ultimately? If they don't totally unwind the debt taken on, should the stock trade higher than it did pre-COVID? Well, I think you're going to see a mix, a mix of things that they're going to do with that discretionary cash flow. I don't expect them to pay down um, all the extra debt um, that they added on, but I certainly think they're moving in the right direction. Um, if you look at you know crude oil forecasts, the price forecasts for you know the coming quarters, um, you know I, I think something at least in the 60s makes sense, particularly with OPEC Plus having adopted what looks to be a fairly gradual uptick in production over the next 14 months or so to eliminate the big slash in production that they took on about a year ago. All right, uh, Stuart, uh, really good stuff. Uh, any wild cards, any, anything that we should be aware of in terms of the unexpected uh, for Exxon or Chevron? Um, you know, for, in terms of company-specific news, I, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think Chevron's probably going to have more to say about their new low-carbon low business initiative that they just announced today. Okay. Um, so that, that we might get more details on that front. Uh, I think they're just kind of following suit with what a lot of other majors have done, which is to try and placate ESG-focused investors and say, look, we're, we're going to be part of the solution and not just part of the problem. All right, uh, good stuff. So it sounds mostly still a macro uh, and a balance sheet uh, story uh, following oil uh, tailwinds and then uh, cleaning up some of the debt that they've piled on. Great details. Thank you, Stuart.